Chris Thomas. I'm just a small town kid with larger than life aspirations. I live by this quote by Dr. Cornell West, and he says, the condition of truth is to allow suffering to speak. I have always been drawn to listen to those without power and those who have not been in position to shape, create, or produce the conditions of their experience. So I understand how it feels to be an underdog firsthand, always having to go the extra mile, always having to put in additional work just to achieve a goal. My life tells a story over as an overcomer, the abandonment, the devaluation and not given many opportunities gave me the ammunition to stand up for myself and create my own path. So as an ambitious leader, serial entrepreneur, minister and educator with over two decades of experience in creating and developing sustainable environments for myself and others, I strive to uplift people of all walks of life through practical opportunities and insightful strategies for the purpose of lifestyle enrichment. This podcast serves as an offering to people in search of clear and transparent information for a better tomorrow. Let me take a moment and tell you about this cool supplement brand called Phoenix. Not the way you think it's spelled. Let me give you the abbreviation FNX. FNX is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provides focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. Now, to get 15% off of your purchase, enter the code TEMPO, T-E-M-P-O, and don't forget to visit fnxfit.com. Tempo Tip was designed with you in mind. Short, straight to the point insights to help you dictate tempo in your everyday life. Hey, what's going on, family? Let me tell you about this cool Bible study called Momentum Bible Study and Forum. If you have questions, we have answers, right? This allows believers to receive concise answers to biblical principles or biblical standards of living along people with vital principles to engage life in a dynamic way. I want you to understand that momentum is defined as strength or force gained by motion or by a series of events. So let's get to it and create momentum. Our dates goes once a month. So be sure to stop by patreon.com backslash payset. That is patreon.com backslash payset for more information and details on our next Bible study. What's happening, good people? And this today is Tempo Talk, and I'm talking about wealth today. And I broke wealth up into six segments or six, six parts in a way um, to better explain how we need to approach it. And also we need to change our perspective as it pertains to it. Um, I know that there has been a um, insurgence in a way of talking about generational wealth and, and everybody end goal is that and everybody's points of emphasis in life or their career is um, centered right around that. But I sat back long enough and listened and um, exercised it in my own life, right? 
And I broke it up into six parts that I believe before we get to a generational uh, mode of wealth, we first have to go through these other things that I'm going to outline today. So the first, number one, is spiritual wealth, right? And that basically is, you know, focusing on your inner self, right? Development of your virtues, right? Such as, let me give you a couple, like, you know, trustworthiness. We're talking about truthfulness. Talking about integrity and assertiveness. How about compassion, honesty, honor, right? It is something that comes from within. It's not dependent upon external factors, right? Such as natural disasters or the economy or governmental systems, right? Spiritual wealth is something that can be controlled, right? It is not subjected to fluctuations like material wealth is, right? So it is a state of contentment, people. It is mindfulness. It is a spiritual self that can be achieved by connecting with others on a deep level or cultivating close relationships, right? Spiritual wealth can mean different things to different people, right? Depending on your cultural background, depending on your views of the world, right? Some common definitions of spiritual wealth include achieving a strong bond with your religious understanding, right? A strong connection with God, number one. Um, Having a state of righteousness, right? Or having a state of remembrance, right? Or achieving social and community um, influential wealth, right? By empowering oneself, right? With esteem of knowledge, right? Or your intellect. Um, It is rising above your emotional intelligence. It is enjoying your good health. It is enjoying uh, peace of mind. It is the satisfaction of living a purposeful life, right? So therefore, through those things, we get to spiritual riches, right? Which are good things that God has given us, right? For me, I'm a believer, right? And you will try to put me in a category to say, oh, you're a Christian. Okay, I give you that for the moment, right? For right now, I give you that. If I can get a, you know, more in depth about what I believe, why I believe, you know, that's for another day and check another episode. Um, but spiritual riches are good things, right? There are things that God has given us through his son, Jesus, right? So that's what I believe, right? You, you hearing this may believe something different. However, it is all geared and centered around the same thing, which in fact, that guides the way I live. So spiritual wealth is a demonstration on how you live, right? So how can we get to generational wealth if we first can achieve spiritual wealth? Now, my second point is physical wealth, right? That refers to the accumulation of valuable physical assets. So in perspective, that gives you the ability to go after wealth, right? Because your physical wealth can be measured by what you do, how you function, how you think, how you speak, what are the things that you eat, and all these different things, how you work out, or, or, or what is your uh, compatibility with disease or illnesses or ailments that can affect your body. So I focus on physical wealth because if I don't have physical wealth, then generational wealth will never be achieved because I will never get to live to see it come to fruition, right? Number three is social wealth. 
that refers to, you know, how you value social connections. How do you value social relationships, right? How do you manage individuals? How do you manage communities, right? Which we use, right, to, in a way, help our social needs or help our emotional self, right? It is a total value of resources that people have um, and how we interact with one another, right? How we fulfill our emotional uh, necessities, right? Like sharing or feeling like you belong, right? Uh, also, it can be measured by the quality of your social connections, right? The level of trust, the level of uh, relational sharing, right? And, and that can extend to people to help them feel a sense of belonging or a sense of support, right? In all social networks or all social communities or in our families and friendships and things of that nature, right? Now, I do believe that social wealth is important overall, right, to our well-being and how we can play a critical role in building dimensions of wealth in other areas. So let me give you an example. If you have a family, you expect your family to be supportive, right? If you have friends, you expect your friends to be uh, close to you in the intimate sense, in the intimately sense of, you know, elevating you or raising you up, cheerleading you, things of that nature, right? But Spiritual, I mean, I'm sorry, social wealth, right, refers to investing time, basically. Investing your effort and building and maintaining those relationships. So when that is disconnected, you don't have social wealth, right? So what happens, and if you lack the social wealth, then you lack the connections that can help you maintain generational wealth. Next point is influential wealth. And that talks about basically, and what I mean by this is, it is having power, right? And if you have influence, then you have power, right? That means that you can maneuver through society. You can help in ways of um, management, right? To help people steward the resources or the things they have or their, their mindset or their capabilities in inserting themselves in different arenas in life, right? So it is important, right, that we have influential wealth. It is important that we don't measure that according to what we have, but we measure that according to the well-being of people around us. That's how we measure influential wealth. And again, if you cannot properly manage or properly um, put in perspective how influential wealth can be used in your life, then you will manipulate people, then you will abuse people in a way that is unhealthy, right? And why? Because some people look at influential wealth as, oh, if I can control someone's mindset, if I can control someone's resources, if I can manage people, then nine times out of 10, as we see in society, they abuse people, they use people for personal gain. And there is no gener generational wealth in that. Okay. So let's make that clear. Uh, abundantly clear. The next point I want to talk about is community wealth, and I'm going to spend a little time on this um, because I believe it is the most important aspect of life. So our community wealth refers to the collection or the collective assets that a community owns, right, or controls. So when I look at 
community. When someone says, this is my community, this is where I'm from, this is where I'm from, or this is the people uh, that I grew up with, I'm looking at the community and saying, what is owned in the community by the people who lives in it or the people that dwells in that community? Because you can have a social community that's not you know, in your zip code, but it could be people that you connect with. And I look at that and I say, what do they own? What do they control, right? Socially, intellectually, culturally, financially, or just naturally, you know, in resource. What do these people control, right? Community wealth also refers to a people-centered approach to local development, right? To local economic development that aims to redirect that wealth back into the local economy, right? And place control in the people who live in that community's hands. So let me give you an example. If we look at where malls are placed, nine times out of 10, I'm African-American and I know in all African-American communities, we don't own malls. There's very rare that there are supermarkets in an urban community or African-American community or let's just say minority community because there are Hispanic people that suffer the same consequences that we do in society. So if we're talking about getting to generational wealth, it first starts in our own communities. The goal in communities should be to improve the ability of the community and also improve the individuals that make up this community. So that is creating jobs locally. That is increasing asset ownership locally. That is using the resources more effectively to benefit the economy and the people in that community. That's what community wealth is. So it involves a range of approaches, right? Including worker-owned businesses, the mom-and-pop stores, the corner store, right? Not only in, in financial security, but in the development of it, in the foundation of it, in the cosmetic look and the appearance of it, right? It is a progressive movement that we all should be leaning to, that we all should be fighting for, right? So I believe that community wealth is more powerful, right, than governments. I believe that it is more powerful than ideas in, in this new wave of artificial intelligence or this new wave of things that we are leaning toward in current society. I believe it is the backbone of economic development in America. Of course, I do understand and do know that it is um, separated among socioeconomic classes. It is separated among um, intellectual classes and things of that nature. But I do believe that the people who live in these unfortunate or less fortunate communities can rise above what is presented to them daily, every day on a consistent basis. So now I want to get to generational wealth. Now I want you to understand this is my belief. This is what I understand. This is what I've seen. This is what I've experienced. This is what um, I've come to know to be true. We cannot get to generational wealth if we do not have spiritual wealth. We cannot get to generational wealth if we do not have physical wealth, social wealth, right? Influential wealth, and most importantly, community wealth. Now, Generational wealth, people, 
refers to financial assets that can be passed down to one generation to another, right? And it doesn't mean it has to be a family member or it has to be family. It can be anybody that you have these strong bond relationships with, right? So now you have to understand this with generational wealth because just because you have something, okay, let me give you an example. So if you have a job, can you give your job to your child? If you have all these degrees, can you give these degrees to your child? No, no, you can't. So these assets that involved in generational wealth are such things like money, right? Stocks, bonds, real estate, family business, and like, you know, other assets as far as that. Why? Because they have the ability to continue to generate cash flow. They have the ability to continue to generate uh, something that the next generation can feed off, right? And also multiply. So let's, let's break that down for a second. If I die and I give uh, my child money, there is a 90% chance, I want to say a greater chance, 99% chance that he's going to spend the money, right? So if, you know, as I went through all the other things before, the different types of wealth, if he doesn't have a foundation in those other areas, then that of what I thought of giving him cash, he will spend it. Why? Because he doesn't have a foundation to multiply what I'm giving him. Okay. So therefore, that's why we take things like a family business. We take things like stocks. We take things like bonds. We take things like real estate. And why? Because those things can continually to generate cash flow, which can trickle down to generation to generation. Now, I do believe generational wealth is important. It is an important factor in the racial wealth gap. It uh, increases the concentration of wealth, not only for your generation and the generation after you, but five and six and seven generations that come into play, right? But there are ways that we have to structure. There are ways that we have to transfer or help transfer that generational wealth, right? We don't wait until we perish or we die to uh, release generational wealth to the next generation. Because why? They have to develop generational habits, which I outlined through the other ones before, to propel them in a way that structures what they do, that allows it to be branched off into other things. But the number one component I want to point out in generational wealth, it is for the next generation to use it, but to uh, magnify it in a way to create something new out of it. And that's how it gets stronger and stronger and stronger, right? So building generational wealth starts with financial lit literacy. It starts with setting clear goals. It starts with putting management systems in place, right? It starts with families. It starts with people who are close-knit looking to establish a new way of living. Because as we know, as each generation evolves or each generation grows, the dynamics of society changes. The dynamics of education changes. The dynamics of, of, of the workforce changes. So we need to be 10 steps ahead of all these changes that we can see on the horizon that's about to change. You cannot wait until change happens to change. You have to change as change is, is, is evolving before you, right? So this is what generational wealth should be doing. 
this with generational wealth could do in this with generational wealth is to do people. We cannot wait until it's over to say, oh, let me pass down or let me give to. No, we established the foundation of all the things I've noted already before. And that creates a generational wealth because we have spiritual wealth, because we have societal wealth, because we have uh, social wealth. I meant to say community, not social, but community wealth, right? Social wealth, right? Spiritual wealth. If we don't have those things, physical wealth, if we don't have those things, generational wealth is just a dream, just an idea with no discipline to it, with no determination to it. So let's not be fooled that generational wealth is something that is easy. Let's not be fooled that generational wealth is something that is guaranteed to all people. It is given to the people, to the family, to the community, or to the to the group of people who believes in all the things I outlined to get us to generational wealth. That's how generational wealth is created, maintained, managed, and multiplied. Starts with the belief, but it starts with the discipline and all the areas we outlined today to get to generational wealth. Today's podcast is sponsored by Catalyst Capital. It is an education and investment platform that elevates the activities of money into higher levels of execution. To sign up, please visit patreon.com backslash payset. That is patreon.com backslash payset. I want to thank you for stopping by today and listening to this episode. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Uh, Make sure you continually to uh, stream it and also share with everyone that you know. And I want you to remember this. Create momentum, then dictate tempo.